Hello and what's up, everybody? Thanks for pressing play on the season two premiere of Cake and Conversation. If you're a returning listener, sorry for the the two year delay, but I'm a big believer in not living in the past or regretting yesterday. I'm focused on the present and I'm super excited for the immediate future. If this is your first time checking out the show, I appreciate you taking time to give this show a listen. Hopefully you enjoy it. The concept of Cake and Conversation is me getting to pick the brains of creative-minded people and learning about what makes them who they are. I've always been fascinated by psychology and I consider myself to be creative as well. Um, usually my creative outlet is writing. Uh, this show helps me combine those two interests that I'm passionate about. Each week I'll have a different guest on, I'll bring their favorite dessert, and I'll give them a platform to share their story and promote whatever art or content that they're creating, whatever shows they have going on, where you can find their work and their products. My guest today, my first guest back, my guest today is a gentleman that I met in early December when I started a new job. His name is Xavier, and he's a chef at the fine dining restaurant that I work at. He's from the Maryland area, and in a few months, he plans to move back home with a plan in place to open up his own restaurant with another business partner. I've gotten to know him over the last month and a half, and I noticed pretty quickly that we just we, we hit it off. We have good chemistry when it comes to conversation. We both have a lot of stories to tell, and we both enjoy telling them. He's one of those people I could talk to for hours, and it would go by quick. Don't worry, though, because uh, we keep this episode discussion to under an hour. I understand most people have the attention span of a dog chasing a butterfly who's distracted by a squirrel. And since this isn't a true crime podcast or it's not the Joe Rogan podcast, I have no desire to produce a long form show. With that in mind, I'm going to get a quick ad read in to help pay the bills and then we'll dive into my conversation with Chef Xavier. So we ended up with cherry pie. It was last minute. Uh, your go-to is Boston cream bomb. What? Baltimore bomb pie. Baltimore bomb pie. And then also peach dumplings. So I understand dumplings and I love peach cobbler. What the fuck is a peach dumpling? What is that? It's, it's not a Texas thing. It's not a Texas thing. It's, it's a hometown thing from where I'm from. And really the family that makes them, they are an immigrant family from, I think they're like Dutch or something like that. <laughs> Dutch? Whatever. I think that's what... uh, (laughs) But it's basically take a cobbler and, you know, like a normal, like, pastry dumpling, like puff pastry, and you just kind of make them together. We're talking like deep frying cobbler. Yes and no. You take it, you make the filling, throw it in the dumpling, and you just throw it in the oven. You don't have to really fry it. You can fry it if you want to, but then you have to bread it and all that stuff. So... We were talking the other night, and you had mentioned you thought you we knew the same Daniela Barrera. You were like, "Oh, so so," but yeah, I'm gonna I make it, sure I make the mistake. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure actually that you you talk to her because y'all are on the same fucking playing field with the food part, right? Kind but of. No, if I said, "Hey," if I gave her like a three day notice or two day notice, she's busy all the time. If I said, "Hey, peach cobbler," I can have one in three days. She'd have some artisanal fucking like she was always the cook for all my other episodes, right? Like especially the second half, you know, towards the end. She's always a bit like, man, if you met up with Daniela, that's cool. Yeah. You know, because she would know you would be talking about it. She'd be like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And it'd be some fucking moose cake on top. Or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. Some whatever. But so um, 
we were like five, six, seven years old. You're in the kitchen or nobody's inviting you in the kitchen, but you see people cooking all the time. You have a big family or a small family? I have a big family. I mean, probably more cousins than I count or even try to remember. I'll probably gain more family members than I even know who they are. But I mean, yeah, it's a big family. Um, it's Maryland area too, right? Maryland area. And it's really like, really like close knit. I mean, my family's in like either one county over the same county or like neighboring Virginia or DC. So there's, there's a lot all around. That's like just real close and it's easy to get to everyone's house is like pretty much a hop, skip and a jump away. You know, nothing's like too, too far. So DC is probably like the furthest you would go. And that's the big like metropolis or that's the city part. Of yeah. Cause you got to, well, you got to go to Southeast DC and that's, that's far. Yeah. It's far. It's a long drive. It's a long haul to get down there. But so it's, then in, it's the, cool. in the in the kitchen, like nightly, whatever. What, matriarch, the queen of the kitchen, your grandmother. Wow, my, my nanny was mom's was side woman. or dad's side. Like mom, I want to say dad's. she was uh, my mom's side. I I never really got the clarification on that, but I didn't really care. Okay, right. So, <laughs> so not necessarily like direct, like mom's mom, like yeah. nanny, or she was like the she was the kitchen. Yeah, or that was the first person or one of the people you. You know, that was the first person that I ever saw and the first person I got to watch. So anytime I was always, I was the older of my mom's kids. So I'm the oldest of five. So um, I was always the one to see everything first. You know, I'm always like right by her side. She's like my best friend, like right at the hip, doing everything. And I did everything together with her. So a lot more of the time, like I said, it's, it's, I see her do everything and I want to try to copy it. Because as a kid growing up, you see something cool you're interested in, you want to do that. Replicate the same Replicate way. Replicate the same way. I could never do it because my hands are too rough for that, but it's okay. Still make good food. Yeah. Also, she was able to like have the discipline or be not rough, but execute, but she still had them soft hands. Yeah, she had, always had soft hands. I don't understand it. I never understood it. But she always had like the just like the, the best touch on anything she made. It's it's like my aunts couldn't replicate it, I couldn't duplicate it. Yeah. Just magic. Even going through like high school area, you played football, right? You weren't thinking at the time, like, oh, you like, say, like freshman year, Xavier year, sophomore year, senior year, well, you're graduating. Came, you're not thinking, like, oh, I'm going to go and be a chef. I came out of middle school and I started like doing football training. I had never done organized football before. So it was my first introduction to everything seventh like that. Grade, seventh grade. Uh, eighth grade. Yeah, eighth grade and going into ninth grade. And I actually got cut. My freshman year, I got cut. No, I just like because I didn't know what I was doing. Because I'm used to playing backyard football with my cousins and everything. And, you know, all we do is just run through each other. So I, I don't know about like snap counts, none of that stuff. I'm just I just want to hit people. You know, that's all. I was, I was just that kid. I just wanted to hit people. So then coach comes over to me like, "Hey, look, it's not working out. Just come back next year." So I was a gym rat for a good year and a half. Back to the next season, and I was a buck sixty five. On JV, playing O line. It was the weirdest thing. I'm five foot seven, buck sixty five, and I played O line. on three points. And in practice, I was a practice running back, which made no sense at all. But in the game, I was playing O line. That's high school stuff. That's high school stuff. You know, you, you get in where you fit in, man. So even then, so graduate high school, going to college, you're still not thinking about cooking full time or not experimenting. Nothing to do with like thinking about plays. Well. I never went to. I never went to college. I had signed up to go to community college, and I just ended up going to like just working. Yeah. So I kind of got the drive from my father. Like, I'm gonna just go make money and just. When did you realize you could make food better than like 
people can make food. I don't want to say regular people. <laughs> like there's a certain point, like there's for people that whether it's creative or whatever thing they're doing that they're successful at, there's a certain point where they realize like, Oh shit, I'm doing this better than most people. Yeah. The, or I enjoy it also like the yeah. art form. So like, when was that point? Like chef cook in the industry? Like what was your first, what was your first job in the industry? My first job in the industry, I was in a kitchen where somebody's paying you. No, I was, I was a to-go cashier at a pizza joint. A local pizza joint. I was to go cash oh, in Baltimore. Eh? I was, I was, I was. <laughs> I had got the job, and it was like down the street from my papa's house. And I'm sitting there, and, and I realized about six months in that I had, did not like people. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't regret it at all. That's I the just, industry. It's that's crazy. the industry, man. It, it turns into a monster sometimes. When you but. talk, just in general, like you said, it's bartenders, but it works back at house too. That's it a works. whole dynamic. That's a whole other conversation. Like in the industry in general, though, usually you'll see people. You're like, all oh, the bartenders hate people. And I'm like, what do you mean? Y'all are the coolest or the nicest or you know how yeah. to deal with yeah. people, whatever. Yeah. You gotta so, throw that charisma out there and get that like, personality and make sure hate people. That's how we learn. Out. That's how we learn how to keep them at bay. Exactly. Like, I hate them so exactly. much. I can learn how to fucking manipulate you or put you where I want you to be. It was, it was so crazy, man, because it was like, it was like God was telling me something. Hey, look, man, all this time you've been mean, and now you got to be nice. I was like, okay, nice. well, here you go. And my first cooking gig, actually, I was at the same restaurant. I was at about probably year two. I was there, and. I wanted to serve, they wouldn't let me serve tables. So I throw in there, go in the Why? back. Well, because I, I just didn't have the experience. Oh, and I was on a black thing. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My gym was black, actually. It was cool, too. Sir, I'm sorry. We got to uh, keep you in the back. I don't know. <laughs> sir, I'm not Hispanic. But I go back there and I'm like, I'm looking at the guys rolling pizza dough and I'm like, let me do that. And they're like, you want to make pizzas? Oh, like, yeah, I'll make pizzas. Not knowing that it was like, the the worst decision I could have made. I should have jumped on like the flat top grill because that would have been easier. But yeah. you know, pizza was the backbone. That's what we got our name, Lido Pizza. So it was like it was important. It was important. And uh, the first time I was making pizza dough and then sitting there rolling, and I was like, "This is insane." <laughs> it was like two hundred pizzas to three hundred pizzas a day, just just rolling out, making fresh dough every two hours. Like it was crazy, but it was it was probably one of the better jobs I've ever had. You know, it taught you discipline, and it taught you how to deal with mundane I mean, shit. It taught me how to shut my mouth too. I almost got fired talking back to one of my managers. Oh, but that's that's that's, that's. I mean, you know, you get those people that you work <laughs> with that are are special people. We we'll call it that because yeah. he was a special person. I'll never forget the guy. Off the record, I know it's being recorded, but just off the record because it's funny. Been through like thirty of these industries, you know. Fired, quit, done some dumb stuff, or popped off, or learned when not to pop off to management, yeah. or sometimes you say it, sometimes you just gotta be like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Or when you know if somebody's telling you the way to do it, and you're like, I know a better way, but you don't wanna say, hey, let's do it this way, instead of just arguing, like, you know, I'm like, cool, and just do it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's. Where you been? It's like he also has pizza experience, by the way, and I do as well. Worked at a pizza bar to where the kitchen was slow enough to where the bartenders, we all made the pizzas. He had a pizza pizza spot for real too. So you learn something new every day. Yeah. So we work together now, warehouse 72. Um, I've lived in this area since October of 2021. Right. Started working here a year and a month after. This thing is two lights down the road. And for a whole year, I didn't even know about it. Um, so working there now, like good restaurant, a lot of great regulars, everything, you know solid spot it almost doesn't feel like it has the word out about it or people don't know about it like i'll tell people hey i'm working here now they're like where's that yeah like, you know where the imax or the david busters is they're like yeah i'm like 
right in between there. Right in between there. Double in between there. Um, it opened in 2019. When did you start working there? I was actually on the first hiring crew. So I was there during all the pre-stuff. My hire date was July 7th. I'm sorry, July 12th of 2019. So two weeks before our first big party, I rolled up in there. At first, I hired, I got I got the job because I was trying to be a sous chef. Well, they already hired sous chefs. So I go back, look at it again. And I'm just on Indeed, like just looking at whatever I can find. And at first, the name threw me off. I'm like, warehouse. I'm going to do no warehouse job. It was like, it said food. And I was like, what's, what is, what's going on? So uh, the reason why we got our name was because we spaghetti warehouse that was in Houston and everyone knows about that. Um, our company used to own it before, you know, Harvey took it out. And so that was kind of paying homage to it with the name, but just a, a different, like elevated restaurant. Rebrand. Yeah. Pretty much a rebrand. Pretty much. So we get the expectation of like, Oh, you're spaghetti warehouse. Well, we're not really, I mean, we can, we can try to do some of the things, but we're, we don't have them with those recipes. You know, this is just one of those things. Um, but I started uh, my first shift. We were making four cheese ravioli from scratch, and it was the, I think it was the the 20th was my first day, like, in there. In there. Yeah. So even just saying, think about this. Like, when people hear this, I don't think people realize, you say four cheese ravioli from scratch. Like, we can go to any restaurant, get the same something that we can buy in the frozen section. Somebody's prepping for you. Somebody says four cheese ravioli from scratch. Let's just say people will complain about a price sometimes. So they'll say, yeah. whatever. And it's like, yeah, this isn't a... Chili's, Red right. Lobster. Right. This is an Olive Garden. You know, it's like. Kitchen. This is your first job. So think about like age or experience. Was this your first job where it's been like scratch, scratch kitchen? Or you were at Sawgrass before. Right? I was at Sawgrass Steakhouse. Um, I got hired on at the Kitchen Expo. And that was probably the the second. Well, I guess any most kitchens I worked in was probably from scratch. But Sawgrass was probably the more like scratch to table, like kind of kitchen I worked fresh, in. like yeah. ingredients. Um, yeah, that being Less like the frozen. first one, the first one I was in a barbecue restaurant in Maryland, and that was probably my first like scratch to table like restaurant. So from Maryland, you're going back to Maryland also. So what brought you to Texas? I needed something different. Um, as I, you know, I could have stayed back home, worked in Baltimore, do all the seafood thing. But seafood gets played out because being where I'm from, everyone does the same old thing. You know, one trick pony thought of thing, Old Bay crab cakes, uh, stuffed flounder, you know, crab imperial, all that stuff is like. I see it all the time. I want something different with something new. So Texas was kind of like, it's a big market. It's a, it's a different market. And there's a lot of food to be done down here. So I wanted to go try it out. Try did my you hand. you know in. anybody down here first? I did have a cousin here. Um, actually, I had a few cousins here. But the one I mainly talked to was here. And she already been here. I think it was like going into her seventh year prior to me coming down in the first place. Which... Oddly enough, adds up because it's been seven years for me, and then I'm leaving. So it's kind of like I'm in her footsteps. Yeah. You know, what's oddly enough, she was never uh, in the industry, but she did have her own cinnamon roll business on the side. So, I mean, again, one of the people in my family that can do great things with their hands is like creativity and ambition. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was the whole thing. Um, Texas was just like a, a leap of faith. I took a gamble on myself, and I was like, I'm either going to make it or break it, and I made out pretty good. Yeah. Now getting ready to head back home in May. Yes. Yes. Uh, the move is coming. Um, I've got some plans going on. Hopefully everything works out, which I'm sure it will. But, you know, you always yeah. got to always got to take time and just sure you know, it will. But also adapt to whatever situation happens, whether better and worse. Let's even say hypoth hypothetically speaking right now, like, boom, what are we in? We're in January. 
uh, let's say October later this year, you're back. You've been over there X amount of time already, whatever. And, hey, you got to you open a spot. What's your, what's your concept? Hey, your chef, this is your kitchen. What are you doing in Maryland or, or oh, whatever state? Like, my, I, I guess you could say my concept would be more like a, <clears throat> it's like modern American, like new American type thing. Similar to what we're what I'm doing now at the restaurant I'm at, but, you know, take away some of the Italian aspects of like pizza or pasta um, and just kind of just saute dishes, grill, uh, like a smokehouse kind of thing, you know, yeah. uh, smoked meats, fresh, like fresh from like farm to table kind of like kind of thing. So that's, I guess, when you put it out there, just new American or modern American, yeah. you call it. Throw a bar and a grill on it. Throw yeah. It so the, the, the idea, the name is going to be. Named after my dad, oddly enough, uh, JB's Kitchen and Bar. JB's Kitchen and yeah. Bar. Yeah. So my dad, old James Blackston, my boy. And uh, again, like I get my drive, my work drive from him because I watched that man work so hard. Up until the day he was on the job, had a, a work related accident and then had to retire. But I, that man worked hard for 40 plus years. Oh, he brought me here. So, you know. That was a discipline, too. Yeah. It was good to see him a lot growing up. And- yeah, I got to see him a lot. Um, hey, well, he's sick. He he lived a block down the street from my aunt's house because I was staying at my aunt's house at the time, and he lived a block down the street. And uh, the first the first day, the first day I go to his house, he comes out the house. He's got like the the dog ear dreads and like these like these ice blue eyes, and I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> you know, like I like you don't look like me. The more I look at him, the more he looks like me. But it's like the blue eyes threw me off. You know, like. Looks just like me, but man, them eyes, I was like, how come I don't have those? You know, like, I, don't, I want those. Those are nice. I wish I could have nice, sexy blue eyes like that. It's fucked up. Yeah. But I love them. That's my guy, man. Let's think too. Uh, so you think like artistic side of cooking and then discipline side of what you learned from him, you know, about working artists and that, like, and how that stuff blends. People say sometimes like, oh, you're somebody's artistic or creative, but also lazy or doesn't require hard work or, oh, you just do that. Yeah. No, at the same time, like, honestly, especially kitchen, even more so than other things, like, that's military style. Yeah. You know, similar, yeah. like, everything's repetitive. It's got to be the same. Measurement's right. the same. Feeding a, a large quantity of people. And at the same time, the time, when we grab some fucking, like, what's the green stuff we do for a garnish? It's uh, like, just a, pretty much from just mixed herbs, just finely chopped herbs. It's that's that it. combination, right? It's like that discipline. And also at the end, when you garnish a plate, it's like, whoosh, you get yeah. to slap it off. It's that balance of, like, there's yeah. some creative, or there's some expression, or some personality, or some. Oh, yeah whatever, and that same balance with four ounce piece of meat or six ounce piece of meat, this much sauce, this much, you know, right. even when you're shaking it and moving stuff around, that's the same thing as bartending. It's like a rum and Coke's a rum and Coke. Yeah. And it's not about flair and like flipping bottles and spitting fire, but with bartending, there's still some character you put into just simple as serving a fucking drink, yeah. hand to somebody, hey, you know, whatever. Same thing with, you know, same thing with cooking. You do that same like creative satisfaction. Right, you know? right. So the, the kitchen we have now, um, for you guys, it's what anybody knows is an open. Thank you. Yeah, you can help with dog. Open kitchen, and there's restaurants like that. So open kitchen, people know this or are listening, is when you can see it'd be like going to Waffle House as an extreme. Open kitchen, you know, you're right there. Yeah. You see everything going on. Yeah, Warehouse 72, it's awesome because it's like Food Network. I'll be telling guests this, and I'm like, I'm not bullshitting them, and it sounds like I'm trying to like fluff some shit up or bullshit them. But I'd be like, it's kind of like Food Network style kitchen back there. And I'll yeah. let the people know, like, no, they do it legit. You know, like, we can go back there, joke around, fuck right. off. But y'all, I mean, it's a great fucking kitchen. Yeah. You know? A well-oiled machine back there. And it's, and it's funny, you know, you, you mentioned that. And, like, a lot of the time people will get the misconception again. Like, 
just because it's like a chef driven kitchen, like the the again, the title for me doesn't really mean anything. I just I just kind of wear it, but you know, it never really struck me as like I'm gonna be this one day, or like whenever I hear the term prior to me actually working in the kitchen, it was like you're just a glorified cook, you know, yeah. you just okay, you make something fancy, like oh, I can do that if I want to, I just don't want to, you know. And then after spending the time in the industry that I did, I was like, I get you get a better appreciation, but you also learn that. The term means more than just cooking. It's like you're teaching people, you're leading people. You go through battles. You go through battles. It's legit battles. every day. That's you know, why the like, industry. That's why I love it so much, man. That's why I'll always be a part of it. Whatever, right? Podcast, bartender forever, server, like dealing with people. And like we said, even at the beginning, like we don't even like people. No, <laughs> say, like, sure enough, man. We're gonna deal with it. But no, it's interesting how even like so we just compare like front of house, back of house, and dealing with the same type of stuff. Yeah. And even going back to open kitchen, like I feel like if you open up a spot up there, is that something you would make sure happened? Or like, hey, I want to do the open kitchen too. You know the, the open kitchen concept when I first like walked in the building. The guests well, in when the I eyes. first walk in the building, you see the big pizza oven, you're just kinda like, that looks cool. And then on the opposite side of me working and looking out, it's like the most awkward stare across the table because it's like you're looking at me make everything right it's like and, being in like a wax museum or like a museum or a yeah, it's, it's like it's like being a display at what? a zoo it's like no, you're it's because you're black <laughs> <laughs> it's no. like being at a zoo it's, no, it's, it really no, is it's like right. it's like you're like looking at fish through a glass in the aquarium it's like yeah. it's a cool concept don't get me wrong but it's like up until like it starts getting busy to see you moving around and running around like you're crazy it's just kind of like you get a different appreciation for what it is. Yeah. Well, at the same time, knowing people watching, like not giving flair, like trying too hard, but sometimes knowing they're watching gives you some kind of a, I bet, an adrenaline or an endorphin rush. Yeah. I know that as a bartender, too. I mean, yeah. I'll be doing some shit where I know it's easy as fuck. Right. And people are not dealing with, you know, they're just watching you. You're like, yeah, no, I'm fucking fake this shit. The best part of it is like, like people, it can be annoying <laughs> and also like, well, yeah, like the best part is like, you know, you'll hear them call a ticket out and they'll say like, oh, I want to charge, they want to charge steak. Oh, that's fun for me because I just, let the flame run, and that's just like watch people's faces. You're like, oh, oh my god! And it's it's like it's, but it's cool. It's satisfying at the same time because yeah. like they're enjoying it. I'm enjoying what I'm doing because it doesn't even feel like work. It's just like it's like feeding my family every day. Yeah. You know, that's all it really is to me. When y'all's kitchen too is set up so nice. Like again, talking about where we work, warehouse at me too. This place is like a well old machine. Like the same people work there. It's not different shifts, whatever. Like it's the same. Motherfuckers there six days a week. We're open six days a week and it's the same staff. Morning, you know who's working. PM shift, you know who's working. Doubles, yeah. they're always working. I'll tell you right now, I mean, whatever, like I've told you, I, I joke because I'm front of house. Me and my brother will get a break. We'll work on lunch shift 12 to 3, get two hours off, come back at 5 30 yeah. for the night shift. And I come walking in as a joke to be a little bitch. I'm like, hey man, how was your break? Yeah. No, no you're like, what break, even, bitch? I don't, even know, I don't even know what breaks are anymore. It's like, Jacob, he's like, fuck you. Or I'll say, you know, it's like, I'm doing it to be a brat. How was your break? Because it wasn't no break. Y'all are working. That's like someone asked me the other day, like, I don't know how you do it six, like five, six days a week, you know, eight to 10 hour shifts today. Like, I'm always on my feet. I mean, I don't really mind it because I'm used to it, but yeah. anyone else who doesn't know what it means, for me, like, again, it's not a job for me. It's just I do it because I love it, not because I have to, because I want to. Yeah. So to me, it's a different kind of thing. But, yeah, it's. I wish I could get a break sometimes. I can't do that, especially on those brunch Sundays, man. I don't like the brunch Sundays. I do. I think if we were to play, And I don't so. sometimes. It's just, it's. Sundays just are always hard to work. I would love, I love to work close Mondays, and I would always prefer my schedule to be off Sunday, Monday. You can give me Tuesday, Wednesday night. Thursday through Saturday doubles and just give me Sunday money off. Cause that brunch crowd is a type of crowd. Yeah. I mean, before we even started doing brunch, we were open seven days a week 
So be there from like Monday to Sunday, seven days a week. Monday had to be terrible. And in most places, by Monday. You know, what's funny is Monday started out as one of the busier days, and Tuesday was a slow day. You pick right back up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then after after the initial COVID thing, we were only open for dinner, and it was only six days a week. It was Tuesday to Sunday, all like from four to close. So I, I mean, that COVID thing really kind of yeah, fucked everything. Up, it kind of messed up a lot. But I know people that lost some good jobs over that, and it was it was it was it was rough, man. It was rough. I was surprised that we even reopened because for a second there, I thought I was gonna have to find another career. I ain't gonna lie. Get out of the industry. Yeah, if everything shut down. It's like what are we doing yeah. for money. But thankfully, we're here and now we're moving forward. Well, yeah, and moving, and you're moving fucking back, and you're leaving Texas. So. <laughs> I gotta go home, man. I gotta go home, man. A lot of people are are wondering what's the what's the reasoning behind it. Is there somebody there? Is it you know, what's the actual reason for me going home? The whole thing is I'm trying to do better, trying to open my own business, and you know, get my career in a different position than I thought I could be. Uh, five years ago, five years ago, if you would ask me if I'm going home, I'd say hell no. But you know, time changed and plans changed, so there's that. Yeah, you can see family you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, it's been a long seven years is a long time to be away from home, but it's uh, it's gonna be good to go back. It's gonna be a little bit weird to, to readjust, but um, uh, I'm ready for it. I'm excited, man. There's a lot of a lot of big plans moving forward, so I'm gonna I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, favorite thing about the industry? Favorite thing about the kitchen? What's your favorite part? A little five second? Any part of the day? Any specific like prep or moment or like something general? What's your favorite part? I think my favorite part. It's probably the prep. Um, a lot of people think it's just tedious and like just, you know, over overcompensated work. But I mean, it's it, it's what gets you there to make sure that you can run a shift smoothly. So probably the prep part of it. I'm more of a morning person, so it makes my day go easier. But I work nights most of the time. So, you know, you'll work with what you give. Morning is more prep and night is more you're dealing with the people that are coming. Yeah. Out. Nighttime is more like station prep. Like, you know, you do for your station. So you can like. Do the serving stuff, but if you're doing morning, like you have to set up for pretty much the entire day. Three spaghetti, two burgers, three parmesan, set hut. And you're like, Bet. yeah, Everybody pretty much. It's it's in the morning, you're like, hey, I gotta make three sets of this, and I gotta yeah. make four seventy-two portions of that shit. Yeah, and I gotta mix this shit and cut this stuff. Up. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm more of a grill worker anyway, so give me like chance to make you with lamb chops. Do y'all steak. ever laugh? Do y'all ever laugh when you see steak, lamb chops, salmon, when you see it well done? Or even as you're cooking, you're just like, fuck, it's going to be well done. It's going to give me a lot of trouble. But I try I to think, talk people out of it. I think I people that eat well done steak have no idea how they experience life. It's just, why do you eat it like that? You want to eat a hockey puck, good. then go get a hockey puck. Yeah, get a burger like, or salmon. So I try to pre-set them up. And then I don't know if it guilts them or not, but like I said, hey, I want the salmon. I'm like, medium or medium rare? And then people, some people are just like, well no, they're, done. They're, I'm taking, like, they're taking back because they're like, they only think seafood's supposed to be all like all the way yeah. cooked. But like, it's like, it's like, if you get the tuna steak, get that shit rare, and it'll come out medium yeah, rare. But it's like, you like sushi, man. It's like it's the same right. concept of sushi. It's just zero on the outside. That's it. Plus, nobody's gonna serve you something that you're gonna die from. Right, ninety nine percent of the time, especially the nice spot. You're not gonna, yeah. you got something rare, you're not gonna die. Like, eat the fucking steak, medium rare. I, I, but, mm. It's like I had this conversation about like duck the other day. I love making duck, and it's a complex meat because it's it's considered poultry, but it, it cooks like steak red. It cooks so, like red meat, but it's poultry. And I always eat it medium rare. It's delicious. You have to. You have to say medium rare with duck because it'll really cook quick on the outside, but you yeah. need the inside. Like fucking, 
rares, tuna steak style. Yeah. I feel like. That is delicious. Well, Everybody should eat more duck than chicken. I'm just saying. Yeah, just so saying. you know that that new that the app we got on the lunch express, the takitaki or whatever. What the fuck's going uh, on? The tuna tataki. Tuna tataki. Yeah. It's delicious, but I tell people it's three strips and just assume you're getting sushi. I try to tell people it's not sushi, yeah. but I'm like, just assume and you won't be disappointed. It's like you go to ahi tuna salad. Are you really going to be mad that it comes out looking pink? No, you're not. I told, a, I told the woman how I brought it out and she still, I told her what it was like. Still brought it. She's like, yeah, you can cook it more. I'm like, yeah. And then boom, it's well done. The next five seconds. Like, I will put it on that flat top for you, baby. But it's coming back. You might as well dip it in something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, the fresh kitchen stuff is so cool. It's, I could never do like a Chili's again. Or I couldn't yeah. do, I couldn't go in a kitchen where there was a time. At um, it was Red Lobster, whatever, and they were. It was a busy Friday night. It was busy as shit, and tickets everywhere. And at some point, they started just microwaving entrees. Yeah, and I was started telling tables. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> and I got in trouble, and I just I can't do the corporate stuff. I, or I need to scratch kitchen. I want to tell the kitchen, hey, like they're making the cheese in the back. You yeah, know? I don't want to be like, yeah, we just microwaved your fucking chicken sandwich. I'm I'm thankful and a little spoiled because everywhere I worked at has been pretty much everything's all fresh. Like I've never had to work with. More more frozen product than a fresh product. I've always had to have more fresh product than frozen, so that's been a blessing for me to actually learn it the right way than have to, you know, lie to people about what's going on. Because when I was serving tables, especially at a steakhouse, it's like you know, steaks take a while depending on how you get it. Especially if you get it well done, that's like seventeen minutes, man. Fifteen, seventeen minutes. That's a that's a that's a long process. Yeah, it's almost a waste of meat. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm gonna take a second, take a break. Do a little ad read, and then we'll come back uh, with the final few moments with my buddy Xavier here real quick. We're back now, and then you start crying. Oh, good job. But we're back, and as we said, like this doesn't have a happy ending. Well, it has a happy ending, but for me at the moment, I'm being dramatic, and it has a happy question mark. Because <laughs> you're moving okay. away. It's going to be okay. because you're moving away. It's going to be here. okay. Anyway, I started working here in December, and hey, man, nice to meet you. Yeah, man, I'm moving. It's like, well, shit. It didn't come out like that. That's essentially what it was. It didn't come out like it that. It was essentially, <laughs> yeah. hey, man, you're awesome. I really like talking to you. And you're like, yeah, bitch, bye. No, it's not like Fuck that. Texas. <laughs> That's not, definitely not like that. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. So anyway, you're moving back home. Um, there's some plan. Somebody bought some land. Somebody bidded something. Yeah. Uh, some, what happened? I have a uh, a good friend of mine who invested. Um, she bought a property, um, a little farmhouse property, and beautiful place. Um Plenty of plenty of good opportunity there. So she came to me with the idea like, hey, I want to do this as a wedding venue slash Airbnb type of concept. And I was like, cool. What's the what's the plan? Initially, it was like fly me back and forth. And I was like, look, at this at this stage, like I was thinking about it over like a couple of days. I like, I might as well just come back, you know, because there's no point in me being offhand, on hand, back and forth all the time. I might as well just be there, help you with it. Let's get, let's get this thing off the ground. Yeah, it just seems know. more cost effective. Anyway. And the, the eventual end goal is my own restaurant. So, you know. If you ever had to leave the industry, what would you do? How would you hit the creative part? Fuck the bill part. Fuck the job part. We can all find jobs. What do you think would scratch the itch? Is there any anything else besides cooking part? Like, do you like to write? Or um, I'd probably there... I'd probably end up doing like a coaching or, or like a mentorship. Um so when I was I, when I, directly out of high school, I was helping with the weightlifting program at my at my high school. So I was helping train, you know, the new guys coming in. And then I ended up coaching in uh, junior football after that. So I'd probably go somewhere into like mentorship and just like. You already have that leadership part, too, even if it's peers. So like yeah. mentorship to the young is 
good too because you already yeah. you can handle peers or, or you know you already command that i can see that i've got a few uh former players of mine that always still hit me up like hey coach how you doing good teach history or some shit, or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> i could never be a teacher i'd probably get fired for fucking a kid up i ain't gonna lie that'd be my problem i'd get fired for some shit that would be fireable but it would also seem like a small deal compared to what I would actually bring to the table. But I don't think teachers get paid enough. Oh, teachers I definitely too, are underpaid, man. Definitely yeah, underpaid. And I was like, well, I could always coach baseball. And I was like, I'll teach history or journalism or what I write or I yeah. newspaper. Or we can do English, whatever. Right. But then I'm like, teachers don't get paid enough. And then I'm probably going to pop off on a kid or I'll probably just say something I mean as a joke. But somebody will have it recorded and they'll be like, I'll get in trouble if I was a teacher on accident. Yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, the teaching, coaching thing, that would be me too. Like, if I wasn't trying to do anything else creative-wise, you know, yeah. trying to help somebody out. Yeah, that's it. One time I was on probation, the community service I had was, uh, oh, what was it, Boys and Girls Club. Oh, yeah. yeah they go over there, sweep the gym, help with some homework, do some stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Well, you bet, but I thought little, little here and there type of things, you know, there's something that kicks, takes the edge off. Or I thought about this. I was, I was thinking about being a cop as well. So... That's totally out of left field, but that's just one of those things. Like I grew up in a military discipline family. Discipline, you know. The my background is very like structured, disciplined, and this is what it is. So I've got former military and former police officers. How are you religiously? Do you also lean conservative, or are you? Oh, you talking about like politics or something? No, I said religious. Equally as terrible. No, I'm a, they I'm, both suck, by the way. I mean, I'm a, I see I'm you're a military, you, know, you start thinking conservative. Yeah, no, no, I was raised in a Christian household. How do you household. feel about babies? I'm just kidding. I was raised in a Christian household. And the gays get married. I don't really give a fuck. I don't care. People people do what it is. Love is love, man. It don't matter. Right. But I was raised in a Christian household, Methodist, by, I guess, from the start. But then I did get baptized, went to a Baptist church. Um, so I do, I do believe in God. You know, it's, it's, everyone has their opinions, whatever. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not here to judge nobody. I'm just the here discipline you got from that, though, equates to just the discipline you learn in your job, yeah. your craft, and your passion and what you enjoy doing. You know, yeah. Me at work is definitely different than me at home. Because yeah. at home, I'm leave me alone. I don't care. Leave me alone. I want to be dead to the world so I can just sleep all day. Right. At work, I'm probably the hard ass that you see. Like it's More outgoing. More outgoing. I definitely talk a lot of shit, but that's my job. So, yeah. I tell people, too, it's like, and nobody believes it. And nobody would leave either one of us. But if we both said it, we would agree. It's like, we're shy. Like, we're shy. We're not outgoing. We just know. I mean, we know how to be outgoing or you know what to do. It's like a survival technique or some shit. You tell people, like, I'm the most, I'm either the shyest outgoing person or the most outgoing shy person. But really, I just want to be left the fuck alone. Or like, yeah. we got home. Like, I was telling my brother the other night. It was about two weeks ago. Somebody invited somewhere. And I was like, hey, bills, this and that, other money. And she was like, no, I got you. Come out for some drinks. Come out. We need whatever. He's like, go. And I'm like, I should go. And then, no, nah, I stayed at home and was just, I don't even want to go. You know? So it's like, know how to be outgoing or know how to have whatever. If it's crazy. Don't want to control it, man. Know how to limit yourself because sometimes you get a little too crazy. Well, it's interesting, too, about we work in an industry where we're dealing with people. Essentially, it's people pleasing. Yeah. yeah. But also the balance of not you being You really think fake. I want to see people yeah. after I just dump people all day? I'm yeah. good. Go home I'm good. Like, Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, to this point now in my life, like, I've grown to like people a little bit more than usual, but you know, it was just that thing. Yeah, some people are gonna hear that and be like, "Oh, he's telling them, he's telling a lie." No, it's, it's just I do what I do, and I keep to myself most of the time. That's it. Yep. 
You ever um, so you're watching like chef shows and docu- any of the documentaries like that shit? Like I watch network. I watch. Like, you have any influences or people you're like, oh, I like this person, or oh, I can't stand this person in that industry? I actually don't watch a lot of cooking shows. I watch more true crime than anything. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's it's like the exact opposite. Like I watch like blood and guts and gory shit, but I never like I used to watch uh, what's that? What's this? Chop chops. I just watched oh, Chop all the time. Show. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny to me because I was like, how do you make all the stuff with these random ass ingredients? And that's kind of where I was like, I want to do that. I never I never thought I was gonna do it, but I wanted to do it because I thought it was cool as shit. Hey, so would you consider yourself a creative person at all or no? In, in like express yourself. In like, some ways, in some ways, yes. Um, does it feel mechanical then? No, it's just kind of like I, it has to be what I want to do or that I, that I'm passionate about because there's a lot of things that I've just like, like when I was, I was at one point, you know, I sang a lot. So I was, I think 19 at the time and I went to go audition for these producers and I guess probably like my most adventurous thing. And then they were like, Oh, you want to go on American Idol? I was like, look, I don't have the kind of story for American Idol. I know, I know what it is. I love American Idol, but I just couldn't, you know, what see do you myself. You don't have the story. I don't, I don't have a story, man. So you're black and I'm, from Maryland. I'm, I'm just, kidding. look, <laughs> I'm just a simple, small town country boy that, that pretty good with his hands when it comes Isn't to the cooking. country in Maryland, too? Yeah, well, I think East that's Coast. where I got, where I, think I got his accent from. <laughs> my Gold Coast ignorance. I hear Maryland. I'm like, that's not country. They're near a city. You're like, nope. Yeah. The town I grew up in, there's a lot Both of grew up in the country. There's a lot of country folks out there. My papa is from North Carolina. He's the country person. Call him my papa. From the south. I love that guy. Where's the Yankee line? Ohio, <laughs> Pennsylvania, New York. That's the Yankee line. Northern bastards. I'm just kidding. I mean, coming from Texas down here, like we're either third coast or nobody even talks about it. We're not even the dirty south. I'm like, nope, that's yeah. a little over there to the east a little. Everyone bit. shits on Texas all the time. I don't yeah, understand it. I love like, this Texas place. Texas is all right. I love full, There's some idiots at, at the top at charge. <laughs> there's some old dumb motherfuckers, but culture wise, I, it's like it's hard. Because this place is place has taught me a lot, shown me a lot. I love being yeah. here. I'll probably even end up buying a second house down here. Maybe who knows? We'll Texas it got its advantages. You got the old old racist grandpas that ain't died yet. <laughs> That's really what it is. We need all the 55 to 95-year-old white men and mixed, you know, older dudes, Republicans in Texas to die off, and it'll be fine. Yeah. The next generation. I'm just kidding. Right. We can't say that. <laughs> no, Texas is pretty cool. Freedom and everything except if people can have kids, and there's no freedom. Uh, so freedom and everything except for if we can smoke weed, but we can't smoke weed. Yeah. Anyway, we'll gamble later. That's uh, one of those one of those things, man. It's no, right. but Texas is cool. Texas, Texas is a great place. There's no, no matter, state income tax. No matter what, no matter what people say, I've been here seven years and I love this place. I couldn't imagine a, a better outcome. So yeah, appreciate everything. It deserves the credit it gets too. It it does. Good food here. It does. There's some damn good food but, down here. But you know, next time I see you, whenever you move away two years from now, I'll bring you brisket. You bring me crab cakes. That's a bet. You know, or whatever y'all make up there. Oh, no, it's just crab, crab cakes. It's like crab everything. Yo, just for the fuck of it then. So right across where, from where we work is some random lobster sandwich place. Oh, yeah, mainly that, lobster. Is it called mainly lobster? It's, it's not like a lobster. corporate chain. Or, no, it's like a little like, they got a, they have like two or three locations I know about. So their sandwich, like their number one or the basic but full experience you can get there is like a $16 fucking lobster roll. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, I want to try your place, but also like, can I split it? But I'm hungry. Yeah. It's 
And it's funny because people always talk about it. And I'm like, I've, I've had it before. It's, it's a damn good role. How do you feel? I was going to ask. How do you it's, feel about that place down here? Well, you got to think, though. Like, down here in Texas, it's our lobster sandwich. No, they get that. They get it, like, from out of state. They go. They get it from Maine. Like, they get it shipped down. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why you call it mainly lobster, man. Like, the family moved down here. They made the whole thing happen. We got to try it there. That's a damn, I walked in and got sticker shot. That's, a damn, that's a damn good sandwich, man. It's worth the money. That's what y'all do up there. Mm. We barbecue down. You know what? Can That's New England seafood. I'm mid-Atlantic seafood. I'm a little different. Can we barbecue some lobster? No, I'm barbecue I can smoke a lobster, yeah. Barbecue a crab cake. You smoke a lobster. You smoke just about anything as long as it got good texture to it. That uh, buddy I was telling you about earlier, my, my friend, um, year probably two years or so ago, what did we do? We crawfish-styled a turkey. You know, we had an extra turkey left over. It was yeah. springtime of like 2020 then or whatever. We were like, fuck it. We wanted some crawfish. And it was either too early in crawfish season or whatever. Probably. We were like, fuck, we took all the seasoning and carrot and did everything the same exact way, but then did a turkey like that. I know I'm just talking shit now, but it was fun at the time. We we're like, let's fucking crawfish. How'd it turkey. come out? It was, it was, it was good. good. Yeah, yeah, it was crawfish yeah. fucking turkey. I'm like, <laughs> yo, the next February was that year where it was a freeze or whatever. Yeah. We had an extra turkey in the freezer. For some reason, when we were still at my grandma's, we always had like two turkeys in the freezer, and then we'd have one at Thanksgiving, and the next one, whenever the fuck happened, whenever, it was like whenever you had it again. Bro, it was February, and that freeze happened. And yeah. At the time where we were standing at my grandma's, I don't know if we were on the electrical grid of a hospital. We were near a hospital. We never lost power, nothing in the whole freeze. And then just through a Thanksgiving, like a week into that thing, it was like we just me and Jordan had a whole bunch of friends over and debauchery and fun stuff. But man, it was cool, man. Get the turkeys early. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> early. I saw somebody at the Walmart the other day bought a. A Christmas tree for forty five dollars. Yeah, like two. I was like, "What?" I was like, "Already, it just turned January." It's the best time to buy Christmas <laughs> ornaments is January fourth. Oh my Christmas god, it tripped me out. I was like, you already ready for next year? Already? Good God, it's annoying and it's frugal. It's wow. smart and stupid. So, like, don't be a douche, but also you're smart. God bless Texas. That's how it goes, man. Well, either way, so set on record, wrap this thing up. Whether I know you five more months, two more weeks. Seven more years, whatever. I'm glad I got to know you. And I'm glad. So you get to be my first episode back after two years. And there was that inspiration wherever it came. I thought about doing episodes over the last two years to a certain time. Like, I'm going to do this or that, whatever. But yeah, it was two nights ago. Having my brother living with me recently, too, has just helped. You know, we've had more motivation in general. Yeah. Went out, got a different car. Boom. We're going to the gym more, having him around. And then that other night was it two nights ago at the bar. We're talking. And I'm like, you know what? We need to record an episode, put an episode out. Yeah, let's do that's it. That's it, man. That's how we get together. I'm off every Monday. It's like, hey, put the content out. Just keep doing something. Yeah, just keep on doing something. Make it work. I appreciate you letting me on, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's been fun. It's a good time. Thanks again to Xavier for sitting down and chatting with me. He's, I've said this before, he's real easy to talk to. He's got plenty of stories. And while I'm personally bummed that he's moving away in a few months, I'm happy and excited for him to be back home, to be closer to his family and where he grew up. And I believe he has a girlfriend up there, so there'll be no more of this long distance nonsense. They can actually be together. So always exciting. I'm working on finding a guest for next week's episode. And the plan as of now, I mean, you know how life goes. The plan right now is to record on Mondays because our restaurant is closed on Mondays. So I'm always off. Like that's a guaranteed for sure off day that I have. And I would like to have the episodes released the next day on a Tuesday. But I mean, as I'm recording this closing segment, it is Thursday and we recorded on a Monday. So it's just getting back into the swing and things. And um, yeah, I'll be more consistent with it again. It'll uh, 
remain a work in progress. I got to knock some rust off, as you can tell, but I'm truly happy to be back on this creative journey that I started two years ago. It was never a goodbye. It was just an undefined and extended see you later. To drop a cliche there. It means a lot of you um, have heard this before and there's going to be a lot of new listeners too. And I appreciate both sides of it. Just keep pressing play. Even if you only check out a couple minutes here and there, pressing play does a lot for me. It helps me out. It's very beneficial. I hope you uh, press play again next week too. Until then, eat some cake, have a meaningful conversation with someone while you do it. And I'll talk to you soon.